Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Isaiah, the 12th chapter. We're going to be looking at the first six verses. Uh, I want to tell you something that is wonderful about being a child of God, being a child of God. Now, in our salvation, we're his children, and he does things with us, and it's always personal. Now, the thing with that, the where, where I'm coming from with this, is a little over two months ago, I was driving to church on a Tuesday morning. That's when men's prayer is. And I was there on Moffat Road driving uh, west toward town. And the Lord just dropped. You've heard people say, I got a word. Well, I got two words. And in my heart came the words, make mention. Make mention. Make mention. I'm driving, looking at my turns through Moffat Road. And then the Lord filled in that blank. Make mention that my name is exalted. I thought, okay. So drove a little bit further. He said it again. Make mention that my name is exalted. A couple of times. We came to men's prayer. We were enjoying the presence of the Lord. We were interceding. And the Lord just kept on intermittently dropping that in my heart. Make mention that my name is exalted. And afterwards, driving back home, he continued to do that. Now, I want to tell you something. As children of God, he will always be God, and we will always not be. Sometimes the Lord has showed us things, and we think we know some things. And then the Lord does something because we're his child, and we have those moments when our jaw drops because he shows us something we didn't see. Today, I'm going to speak to you on make mention that his name is exalted. Now, before I begin this, the Lord gave me an odd thing to say, so I'm going to say it. It's a quote by John Wesley. It goes, beware that you are not swallowed up by books. An ounce of love is worth a pound of knowledge. Now, getting into the word, first slide, Brother Cody. Now, this isn't what I had you turn to. I'm going to give you a couple of verses somewhere else, and then we're going to get into that. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings your glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. And now, if you have your Bibles, you can look there, but now we're going to get into the verses. Now, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, make mention that my name is exalted. And I knew knew where to find that line, and we're going to find it in these verses. 
Isaiah 12, beginning at the first verse. We're going to read through the sixth. And in that day, you will say, O Lord, I praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Jehovah, or Yahweh, the Lord is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from wells of salvation. And in that day, you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Now, the Lord has spoken to me, make mention that his name is exalted. Now, as I start with this, <laughs> I'll just say, wait for it. Wait for it. Next slide, next two slides we're going to look at is from Matthew, the first chapter, the 20th and 21st verse. Very familiar. Very familiar to us. This is Joseph. Uh, he has found out that the woman that he's engaged to is already with child. He's thinking, I'm not going to make a public example of her. We'll just do this quietly. He goes to bed, and then he gets a visit from an angel. Okay, Matthew 1, 20 and 21, and it says, While he thought on the, about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she shall bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, <laughs> when the Lord spoke to me that, that verse that I make mention that his name is exalted, he knew what he was about to show me, and I didn't. And so now I'm in the age of smartphone. And I got a real smart one now. My wife got it for me. The one I had before it that I flushed, well, I dropped it in the toilet four times at Walmart. I'll tell you what, when you clean toilets, don't put your phone in your shirt pocket. Well, it, it swam three times and survived, and when it went in the fourth time, <laughs> that was it. Too many dunkings. But that, that, far, that phone only got C's, and it wasn't very smart. Now I've got a smarter phone, and you know, I got a library. I got all these big, thick books. I've got 
three or four concordances and stuff like that. In the old days, the Lord would give me a message, I'd be digging. But now, I pull out this phone, which I didn't mute, and I hope nobody calls me. I ought to do that right now, I think. Got a little time. Mute your phone. Oh, it's muted already. Okay, good. We're good. Hey, but here's the thing. I, I knew what Jesus meant, I thought. And, and you'll notice, go back to that last slide before this. I want to point out something to you. You notice now from my study Bible, the way that that 21st re verse reads looks just like that. See that asterisk by the name of Jesus? In the column of my study Bible, I looked, saw the asterisk, I looked over, and it says Savior. I'll say, okay, well, I know about this, right? I'm apostolic. I ought to know about this, right? But here's the thing. I got out my smartphone, and I thought, wonder, is there something more about that name? And now, there was. Now, I want to tell you something. As far as I know, every one of us, by, by blood, are Gentiles. We read Bibles that are in English. The New Testament was written in Greek. But the Old Testament wasn't written in Greek. And when I looked up the name of Jesus, it brought up an article by a guy by the name of Doug Hershey, who I later found out was a historian who specializes on the things of Israel. And it brought up an article entitled Yeshua, the meaning of the Hebrew name of Jesus. So I, it came out in 2000, uh, December of 2015. So I thought, okay, I'm going to see what this says. Now, I had heard of, of the Hebrew pronunciation of Yeshua. That, was, that wasn't, but there was something more here. And because we don't read Hebrew, we people of the name would not have seen this, and I didn't. Now, next slide. Jesus Christ, as we say in the, in the English language, would be Yeshua HaMashiach in Hebrew. Now, HaMashiach literally translated means Messiah. Next slide. Yeshua is the unique name of God, meaning salvation. It is only with this understanding that we can recognize Jesus' Hebrew name throughout the Old Testament, pronounced Yeshua or Yeshua in Hebrew. It is used in the Old Testament scriptures, meaning salvation. In biblical Hebrew, the name of a person or town was more than just a unique identifying title. It spoke of their calling or destiny. For example, he writes, Moses means drawn out. Pharaoh's daughter drew him out of the Nile River when he was in a basket. But later on, he would draw out the children of Israel out of Egypt. 
Elijah means my God is Yah, and Yah is short for Yahweh. My God is Jehovah is what Elijah's name means. He was mightily used of God so and so consecrated that the Lord allowed him not to see death, but raised him up in a chariot. Yeshua, Jesus, was God's promised salvation to the, wor- to the world. Now, I want to tell you something. You know, those of us that uh, followed Ronald Reagan, there is one quote of his that for a preacher is a good one to have. Actually, it's a good one for Christians to have. Trust but verify. Trust but verify. Now, I've got, there's a sister that's a friend of mine, a sister in the Lord, and she's a teacher, and she always closes her teaching, whether she's written it out or speaking it out. Take my word for nothing. Go to the source and read it for yourselves. Now, that article, now that got my attention. So I began to trust but verify, and I dug out my big, thick Young's analytical concordance and turned to the word salvation, and the way that concordance is set up, if there's more than one... Now, first it shows what's in the Old Testament, then it shows what's in the New Testament, and if there's more than one word in Hebrew that means that, it'll show them all, and it'll show where they are. If there's more than one word in the New Testament in the Greek, it'll show them where they are. Next slide. From my Young's Analytical Concordance, this is a photograph. There's one word in the Old Testament for salvation. One word. Under that heading, it shows all the places in our English-speaking Bibles where the Lord speaks and uses the word salvation. In the middle, next to the one, you see the Hebrew lettering for that word, salvation, and next to it is the pronunciation, Yeshua. Now, I want to tell you something about that visitation from that angel. That angel wasn't speaking in Greek, even though the New Testament is written in Greek. Joseph was a Jew. He didn't say Jesus. That's how we would pronounce it. He said, thou shalt call his name Yeshua. Immediately, there was a perfect understanding of what the word meant. Now, it's been brought up here in teaching previous with the ministry that Yeshua was not uncommonly used as a name. But... That new name only became of force when the mouth of the Lord then pronounced it. It wasn't revealed until he said it. Now, in Doug Hershey's writing, he mentioned several verses from the Old Testament that had the word salvation in it. And then he inserted the word Yeshua in it. 
And what he showed was throughout the Old Testament, if we were Jews, we'd know this right away. We would see his name linked throughout the Old Testament. Every time the word salvation is used, it says Yeshua. It's his name too. It's the word salvation, but it has become the name salvation. Yeshua. He mentioned several places in the Old Testament which it, where it was given, but then he mentioned one in the New Testament, and that's the one I want to read to you. In Luke, the first chapter in the 77th verse, we have the prophecy of the priest Zechariah. His son, who was born to his wife, they're both elderly. My wife tells me, she's told me when we got married, we're not having any kids. You know, we're getting up there, and uh, she doesn't want me to even begin to think to pray for a miracle, because it's like, no, don't do that. But the Lord gave Zachariah and Elizabeth a son in her, their old age. And because Zechariah had a hard time believing what the angel told him, angel said, okay, you don't believe me, you're not going to be able to talk till it happens. And you know all know the story. The child was born. They're saying, what are we going to name him? His wife says, John. They said, nobody of your whole family's named John. Why are you going to call him John? And so they go to Zechariah, who can't talk, and he writes out his name is John, and all of a sudden he prophesies. The Spirit of God falls on him. But I want you to notice one line that Doug Hershey brought out. Luke 177, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Now, that's recorded for us in Greek. But what they would have heard was to give knowledge of Yeshua to his people by the remission of their sins. Now, at that point, Zechariah did not know the name. He was just prophesying. But the word he spoke is Yeshua, and the word the angel spoke to Mary and to Joseph is the same. Literally, the word Yeshua, salvation, everywhere you find it written throughout the Old Testament is directly linked to his name. Now, I want to tell you something. When the Lord began to deal with and show me this, I was having a, a, I'm your little child and my mouth is stuck open for a little bit. I was having one of them. But I want to tell you how that changes things. You know, uh, one of the people whose ministry affected me was a missionary to the Philippines by the name of Eugene Garrett. He was an independent apostolic minister. Before he got saved, as a younger man, he came down with a deadly illness. It there was no hope for him. The doctors told him, and he was, I guess he, if you saw him, he looked like death. He, he mentioned in his testimony, he looked like he was going to die within days and knew it, and he was just bereft. And he met up with a guy who was a Pentecostal Christian, apostolic, who also had been healed from cancer. And he gave him hope. He said, 
Call for the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now, here's the thing. The Lord instantly healed him. He was prayed for at the church, but he got his miracle at home. After that, he was saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, called into the ministry, and then God began to deal with him to pray for the sick. Now, here's the thing. In his ministry, unlike what you see on television, he wasn't anything like those that, you, that are called faith healers. He was a teacher. He was not charismatic in the way he acted. When I saw him, he was 68, a little bit stooped, kind of tall, a little stooped, kind of a little weak in a sense physically. But here's the thing. He would only pray for seven people a night. He asked for only the desperate cases, only the hopeless ones. He would pray for seven. After he'd pray for three, he would call Brother Peterman to bring him a chair because, and then he'd apologize. He'd say, now, now let me tell you, let me get cut to the chase. He would pray in the name of Jesus, but he would pray it just like I said it. He'd say, in the name of Jesus. Every single one of them were immediately and instantly healed. Every one, every one. One of them was a young teenage guy that I knew from my home church in Aurora where Brother Billy Colthar pastored. Steve had been paralyzed from the waist down in a car accident. He heard that Brother Eugene Garrett was at another church in Aurora holding a revival, which was kind of, he's on deputation. He's raising funds for his ministry in the Philippines. So he comes down there in his wheelchair. When Brother Garrett prayed for him in the name of Jesus, he leapt out of the wheelchair, ran around that big church three times, and was perfectly, instantly healed. When Brother Garrett prayed, it wasn't a big show. Now, it was taking something out of him. That's why he'd have to sit down. He'd say, he'd, he'd say, I apologize, but he said, when the Lord uses me, he said, it wears me out. I have to sit down. Talking about that virtue moving through. But to the outward appearance, not a lot. To the miracles, astonishing. In the name of Jesus, Yeshua, salvation. Now, Mar Joseph and Mary understood the meaning of that name. And now here's the thing. Now we know as apostolic Christians, after Jesus rose from the dead, he had a Bible study with them, and I'm going to come back to that. And he showed them in the law of Moses and in the uh, prophets and the Psalms, all those things that concerned him. And then it says he opened their understanding that they might understand. We don't know anything until he shows us. Now, here's the thing. John had been shown something when he wrote that first chapter in his gospel. And the word was with God and the word was God. But this is what the Lord gave me for this. After, after I saw Yeshua throughout the Old Testament. John 1.14, and the Word became flesh 
and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, he is the living word, but he is also the specific word. Yeshua, salvation, and the word became flesh. Glory to God. In biblical Hebrew, the name of a person or town was more than just a unique identifying title. It spoke of their calling or destiny. He said to me on Moffat Road, make mention that my name is exalted. Now, in John, the third chapter, after the Lord had first spoken to Nicodemus about needing to be born again, he begins to tell him some other things. John 3, 14 through 18. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But that the world, for, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Now, in this lifeboat that we are in, this rescue mission, we're not here to look at them bobbing in the water and say, well, that one deserves to drown, or maybe if we leave this one in the water, a shark will get him. We... Oh, <laughs> Remember how, how got some, you know something that's neat about facing the congregation? If you say something a little bit messed up, you can tell by the expression on some people's faces that maybe you said it wrong. Here's what I'm saying. We are here to save. Everyone in the water, we are here to save. In this boat that is Landmark Apostolic Church, we're going out on a rescue mission. This is our focus. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. The name of Jesus, Yeshua, now, in Deuteronomy 29 and 29 is a principle that we children of God live by. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those that are revealed belong to us. Now, and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. The things that our secret don't belong to us. People get you off on a, a dead-end conversation about things that the Lord has not revealed or is not in his word. Avoid it. It's not, not, not going to do anything. But those that he has revealed to us belong to us and to our children forever. And when Moses went on to say that we may do his law that we might reverence the word of God that we have been given, that we might reverence what is written, and that we might reverence 
What is spoken to us? What's revealed belongs to us. Peter in Acts 4, 7 through 12, familiar scripture. Peter and John have gotten themselves in trouble by healing an impotent man. They've been detained and the impotent man. Now they're called up before the high priest and the whole council. And it says, when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Now, on a pause. The Lord is bringing us to this. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something about me. Now, Brother Rice, on two different occasions, complimented me on my memory. Now, as, as, brother, <laughs> as brother Marion can testify, I am not good with names. The other day after church, I called him Francis. You know why I called him that? Because I was thinking Francis Marion, the, the hero of the Revolutionary War. I got mixed up which name. Now, Brother Rice does not know what Sister Bishop knows about my memory. I beg her for prevagen all the time. But here's the thing. This is why I'm, I'm bringing this up. What has been taught in the last couple of weeks here? New the modern-day Book of Acts Church, as a body together, this is where we're going, brothers and sisters. This is where we are all going. Now, be it known unto you all and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. And then, dropping down, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now I want to tell you what the high priests already knew. They knew Jesus' name, because that's not how they referred to him. They knew his name was Yeshua. And what Peter was actually saying to them, by the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. That's, that's, they were speaking in Hebrew. They weren't speaking in Greek or in English. Now, they didn't believe on Jesus. It was just a name that happened to mean salvation. But Peter, something had been revealed to him. The secret things don't belong to us, but those that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. How did Peter know that? Now let's look. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. Neither is there salvation in any other. Well, he was saying... Yeshua, again, he said salvation, the name of, of the Lord, and he said salvation, the Hebrew word, same thing, Yeshua. Neither is there Yeshua in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, how did Peter know that? Where did he get that? Directly from Jesus himself. 
Luke 24, 44 through 45, after the Lord rose from the dead with his disciples, then he said to them, these are the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And then came the jaw drop for them. And he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. It was revealed. They could see it clearly. They were Jews. Now, Paul does this. Paul gives us this. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation. Now, that's speaking to us. This mind's supposed to be in us. As we go forward, we are servants. Made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. That's us. And was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Yeshua, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Now, where did Paul get that? Now, he wasn't in on that Bible study. He wasn't a disciple when Jesus first rose from the dead. Where did he get it from? Well, Galatians 1, 11 through 12, he said this, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, neither, for I neither received it from man nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus, just like he did with the 11, began to appear to Paul and began to show him all those things. He got it personally. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. It belongs to us. It belongs to us. Now, I want to tell you something. The reason I take notes and mark up my Bible, the reason I bring a notebook on Wednesday is that I'm not as sharp a memory as Brother Rice gives me credit for, but I do not want to miss it. I know what boat I'm in. I know where we're heading. I want to be part of it. I'm just one of the crew. Glory to God. We together are the whole boat. Glory to God. And thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Ephesians 3, 14 through 15. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Colossians 3:17 and whatever you do in word or in deed 
Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Now, very simply, when this is, re- when this is really in you, when he lights this light in you, when you speak the name of Jesus, now let me tell you what the Lord did for me because I'm not as remembering as Brother Rice said. If I'm praying now, I will say the name of Jesus, which is our English pronunciation, but don't be surprised if I don't say it in Hebrew too. Because when I read my Old Testament now and I run across the word salvation, that's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. The Word became flesh. That's my Jesus. Glory to God. Make mention that His name is exalted. And so, next slide. Salvation. Yeshua. Jesus. Linked to Scripture. This is, this is the scripture that the Lord linked me to driving to church. For Yahweh the Lord is become my Yeshua. Behold, God is my Yeshua. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yahweh the Lord is my strength and my song. He also is become my Yeshua, next slide. And so now this is how I see it. This has been shown to me now. This is mine. Behold, God is my Jesus. I will trust and not be afraid. For Jehovah the Lord is my strength and my song. He also is become my Jesus. This he just a couple of months ago showed me. Now, he knew where it was going. Made the music come. Revealed. One of the wonders in being one of us little kids in the Lord is when the Lord begins to give us something that he knows, he gives us a little something, and it catches our curiosity, and he knows that if we just get enticed to follow what he gave us, he's going to bring us to something we did not see. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. I want to look back on the verses I began with, but there's something a little more. And it blessed me. Isaiah 62, 1 and 2 again. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her Jesus as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all the kings your glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Isaiah 12, 1. Uh, and going on, and in that day you will say, Oh Lord, I praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. 
Behold, God is my Jesus. I will trust and not be afraid, for Jehovah the Lord is my strength and my song. He also is become my Jesus. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from wells of Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One more thing. Next slide. John 7, 37 through 38. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now, that's how it's written in my study Bible. You see that asterisk again? Well, I looked at that. He who believes in me as the scripture has said, and I thought, I thought, Brother Jones, what scripture is he speaking of? And when I looked up the asterisk, this is the scripture. Next slide. That's the scripture. That's what he linked, what he said to them. He that believes on me as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Next slide. And this is how the Jews would see it. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from wells of Yeshua. Jesus himself now links himself to the word. This is me. He that believes on me, as the scripture says. Next verse. Therefore, with joy, will you draw water from wells of Jesus. And in that day you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Now I... Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.